Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, warmer days remind us of fond summer memories. Now you can make those moments year-round with a Michael Phelps swim spa by our friends at Master Spas, and that combines the leisure of a hot tub with the exercise benefits of a pool. Now Master Spas technology is incredible with LED lighting, beautiful waterfalls, and those super powerful water jets installed in just one day. You're going to love it. Proudly made in America. Use the promo code Hannity in the upper right-hand corner. That's masterspas.com for up to $1,000 off. You can exercise, relax, recover with the only hot tub and swim spa brand I trust, masterspas.com. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. If you're like me and suffer from insomnia, you know what? That's not fun. You know, I tried everything. I couldn't get a good night's sleep. And this is neither drug nor alcohol induced. That's right. It is my pillow. Mike Lindell invented it. And he fitted me for my first my pillow. And it's changed my life. I fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer. And the good news, you can too. Just go to MyPillow.com, promo code Sean, and take advantage of one of Mike Lindell's best offers. His special four-pack, you get 50% off two MyPillow premium pillows to go anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow's made in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee, no risk to you, and a 10-year warranty. You don't want to spend more sleepless nights on a pillow tossing and turning that's not working for you. Just go to MyPillow.com right now, use the promo code SEAN, and you get Mike Lindell's special four-pack. You get two MyPillow premium pillows, two go-anywhere pillows, 50% off, and you'll start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep-healing and recuperative sleep you've been craving and deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code SEAN. Wow, I can tell in five seconds when this audience is lit up and every one of you is lit up today over this omnibus bill. So am I, for that matter. But uh, we'll get to all of our coverage in the course of the program today. And it's this is not complicated to figure out. It's not hard. It's very basic. It's very simple. It's very fundamental. And it's been something I have been telling you about for a long time. The Republican Party is dead they have no life to them whatsoever. None, zero, zip. They don't have a vision. They don't have principles. They don't have, they, they don't stand for anything, which is how we now find ourselves in a, in a mess that we are in today and where they go ahead without anybody reading it and pass a $1.3 trillion omnibus spending bill it's 2,232 pages full of pork and spending that nobody should ever spend. And I, you know, I look at this thing and I'm like, this, this easily could have been passed by Pelosi and Schumer. 
As a matter of fact, they're absolutely giddy over the whole deal. In a certain sense, we're able to accomplish more in the minority than we were when we had the presidency or even were in the majority. Well, I think one of the reasons they rushed it through, they didn't want their voting colleagues to see just exactly what was in the bill. Uh, Sounds like Pelosi. You you cannot just, you know, I, I read this one article. Where did I say? I was on Politico about the process. The is the press. Senator Mitch McConnell didn't go into detail, but acknowledged the very difficult path he took to getting the spending bill across the finish line. McConnell secures budget deal with begging and pleading and cajoling. And the Senate Majority Leader obtained passage of a, a massive omnibus spending bill and convincing Senator Paul Ryan and others to drop their procedural objections. And then first there were Rand Paul's objections, and then Jim Reich's objections. Then finally, 12.39 a.m., early this morning, the Senate passed the bill funding the government through September, went home after a chaotic 12 hours of typical predictable drama, and the vote was 65-32. I would never have voted for this bill. Uh, $1.3 trillion and sent it over to Donald Trump, who passed this bill. And they were, again, there's this in, inordinate, bizarre paranoia, fear of being blamed for a government shutdown. And uh, Rand Paul had to be called personally by Mitch McConnell and let him vent about Senate rules. Um, and this is ridiculous. This is juvenile fume Bob Corker, who asked McConnell for an explanation of why the chamber, chamber was in at midnight. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you have to work a little late, Senator Corker? McConnell didn't go into detail, but he said, my principal responsibility is begging and pleading and cajoling, and I've been in continuous discussion, shall I say, with several of our members who were legitimately... What is to be happy about here? Now, this is just... This is how we have gotten to where we are. For whatever reason, the Republican Party has become a party of fear. The Republican Party is timid. They are weak. They are spineless. And even more sadly, they're lacking identity and they're visionless. And what's so ironic about it is in spite of what some, you know, there, there is a schism that we have. To, there's no disputing that there is a schism. It doesn't matter that the Heritage Foundation scored Donald Trump 64 percent accomplished agenda in his first year as president, which was higher than the 49 percent of Ronald Reagan, as Trump does anything he can do on his own, by himself, by executive orders. Doesn't matter if it's pipelines opening up Anwar. Doesn't matter if it's uh, saving the the coal uh, industry or or natural gas industries, moving America towards energy independence. You know, fighting as hard as he did to get the the tax cut bill through. There's this mysterious reluctance among many Republicans is that they don't want to fight. I don't know what these people even believe in. I don't even know why a good half or more are there. What does the Republican Party in Congress stand for today? Because it doesn't seem fundamentally, they don't remind me. I, you know, it's funny. People write about me all the time. They don't know me. They, they, they think they know me. They think this is about personalities for me. It's not about anybody's personality. What motivates me, what drives me is the country. What drives me is fixing the country. What drives me and drove all of us in the last election was the forgotten men and forgotten women. And I can give you a checklist of 
how we are infinitely better off than we were before Donald Trump was elected. But with that said, there's something fundamentally wrong when a Congress passes a bill like this and does it in a way that they complained about and whined about for years. And there's something fundamentally wrong that the House of Representatives, every member of it, Republican side, will say repeal and replace Obamacare, and they'll vote 65 times when Obama is president to repeal and replace it. And then when that vote really matters and you got a president that will actually sign the bill, that 100 of them in the House are nowhere to be found. Or you have senators in 2015, they vote straight up repeal of Obamacare. And then seven of them, when it matters, two years later, the exact same bill, they vote against it. So in other words, they never really meant it. In other words, let me say it in a nice way. They were lying to you. In other words, they never, they never meant what they were saying. They never thought they'd have to get to the point they actually had to do something. And fundamentally, that's a problem. You know, I said to you during the whole health care debate, I have been discussing health savings accounts on this program. Probably, you know, I have to find out what year Musgrave and Goodman wrote patient uh, care or whatever it is. They wrote a book about health care savings accounts. Patient power is the name of the book. And I read the book a long time ago when it first came out. I'm like, this this is gold. This is it. This answers all of our health care problems. You have health care savings accounts, individual, and, and that guarantees that every year you go to your doctor and you see your doctor and you get you get your your checkup and and that's taken care of and that's part of your health plan and, and then all the money in your young and healthy years you're accumulating so that you'll have a lot more as you get towards the end of your life when you likely to be in need of more care. And let's say you don't need that care and you die in your sleep one night. Well, you get to give all that money to your family. I always loved that idea. Or the, you know, five years that we put on poor Josh Umber, Dr. Umber down in Wichita, Kansas. And we put him on because he came up with an innovative idea about a health care cooperative where it only costs adults 50 bucks a month, 10 bucks a month for kids, unlimited coverage. And what's so great about unlimited coverage, that means 24-7, 365, you're covered. And that includes pretty much everything any person is going to need on an average day. Broken bones, stitches, you name it. You know, you got the flu, you got a headache, whatever. He takes care of it. He personally went and negotiated with the pharmaceutical companies. Let's say you leave and you have your blood test shows you have high cholesterol or high, you leave with high blood pressure. He sends you out with your medicine at a 95% reduced rate than what you'd pay in a pharmacy. I mean, and then if you add to that a catastrophic plan, wow, that's, that's even better because God forbid you, have, you get cancer or you have a bad accident or you have that heart attack. Well, you're covered for that completely at a low rate depending on what your deductible is. So you mean you're covered completely for at a at a fraction of what most people pay monthly for health care. When Republicans were debating after they finally got control of the House, the Senate and the White House and 7 years of promises, we get to that point and I never heard but Rand Paul, Ted Cruz and the Freedom Caucus. That's it. That that was all who was left to discuss things that that had been discussed regularly within Republican conservative ranks. They never even brought it up. It wasn't an option, health savings accounts. It wasn't an option for Congress, these new innovative cooperatives. Josh Unger, Dr. Unger of Wichita, Atlas MD, he has now been going around the country and he's been able to duplicate his successful model 
you know, in states and cities, big and small, all over the place, because it works. We could institutionalize that nationally, and everybody will have the best health care and pay half the price. It's amazing. Why would we not push that idea? And it's the same thing here, is that, you know, in the, in the Obama years, everybody's, everybody's complaining about, okay, well, the economy is a mess, taxes are higher than they've ever been, and 13 million more Americans in poverty, 8 million more on food, or 13 more on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty, lowest labor participation right now in large, to a large extent, the president through his tax bill, and the president through what he's done with regulations and the president, what he's done in executive actions and the president's pushing energy and the president enticing businesses to build manufacturing centers and factories. He's turned that all around. Now we have, you know, two million fewer people on food stamps and three million more a million million jobs are created. But that still doesn't justify this. And it's the whole way that Congress does business that makes all of us frustrated. I would have preferred that the president vetoed this today. I would have preferred that these guys not race home on vacation. There was no artificial deadline here because they could have easily passed another continuing resolution and gotten it right. But they don't want to stay and they don't want to work. But they want the benefits and privileges of being called congressman and senator. And I ask you, what does this Republican Party stand for? Because there are no bold color differences between the modern-day Republican Party and what is the Democratic Party. I mean, they're, they're about as pale as you can be. It's almost indistinguishable in terms of, you know, they both want bigger government. They both want to explode budgets. They all believe in accumulating their power by spending tax dollars. The president had a goal. The first goal was our nation's military is badly depleted. So in a sense, I mean, he was so aggravated at the press conference. I, I wish he would have vetoed it and kept these people in town for a month and let them suffer a little bit because they're not serving the American people doing business like this. And I will tell you, but for the president, that nobody has a chance of a recovering economy. And I just think a veto would have been appropriate here. If he did, then everybody back to the drawing board. Yeah, you bet. And that means... Cut, get rid of, you know, how many times have we talked about the, the penny plan? All you have to do is eliminate baseline budgeting. You cut one cent out of every dollar every year for six years. You balance your budget. Where's the Republican Party that talks about balanced budgets? Where's the Rep- Republican Party that believes in, in fiscal austerity and responsibility? It doesn't exist. And that's a sad part. So if the president wants the $700 billion, the most ever spent in a defense budget, well, that cost him now because now everybody threw in their special pork projects. And that's the way they call getting business done in Washington and then pat themselves on the back and allow Schumer and Nancy Pelosi to take a victory lap. It's unbelievable. It's intolerable. And I want these people to go. They don't belong there. They don't have a vision. They don't have courage. They don't have a backbone. They don't have a spine. They don't have an identity. And that's what's been on display. There's no other way to put it. Just, you know, we we just tell it as it is. Sad. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You know, the funny thing is, um, occasionally we get calls on the show. I used to listen to you when you were in Huntsville or Atlanta or... 
um, local in New York or when I first filled in for Rush and I had that opportunity in my life. And and I will ask people, have I changed? I have not. I've always been a Reagan conservative. You know, it's funny the way people do not want to understand President Trump. Putting today aside, he's governed conservatively. And by the way, wanting a bigger, tougher, stronger uh, military so we can have peace through strength and, and build up strategic defense, that, that's all Reagan-esque. But the amazing thing that has happened is that the Republican Party that I know has lost its identity. They don't stand. They, why didn't they fight for health savings accounts? Why don't they fight for the penny plan? Why didn't they fight for health care cooperatives? Why wasn't it universally accepted that we're going to give the president what he wants on the military because that's what we believe in, but we're not going to take all this pork with it, and we do have both houses of Congress. Why won't Mitch McConnell get rid of this this 60-vote majority, um, which is has literally you know, killing any ability to get major things done that will make the country better. Uh, Well, then some of you will say, well, Hannity, but Trump didn't have to sign it. No, he didn't. And I wish he would have. I wish he didn't in this case. But honestly, on at least he's doing some things that are good for the economy in the country. The guy's, you know, juggling by himself with with uh, every executive order. And the tax bill that he's fighting for and energy independence where he's gotten us and and a whole host of of national security issues and fighting for the wall and and wanting to build the wall. But the only people that seem to get it, help him and support him are predictable. The only people that are standing in Congress for anything seem to be the Freedom Caucus. And you got guys like Ted Cruz and Rand Paul and and even Mike Lee. Now, besides that, all I, I, I see a bunch of people that have fallen into a trap that they do not want to fight hard for principles. And they care too much about keeping their jobs, not about the things that are good for the country, and not about their constituents that they made promises to. If you want to look at the root cause, and especially all the never-Trumpers, there is no intellectual movement among the never Trumpers with a vision for how to help America's forgotten men and women. They're being helped through the force of one person as a party disintegrates and has abandoned almost all of their core principles. We'll continue. All right. Glad you're with us. 25 till the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. I know a lot of you want to vent. I'm going to get to the phones here in a second. Uh, and I don't blame you, and I won't stop you, and it's uh, it's what we do every day. I've been saying this about the Republican Party forever. I, it just ended for me when when they didn't mean repeal and replace. I just I knew they were done. Their identity's missing. Uh, it's sad, actually. And, you know, is it a, a third party we need, Ronald Reagan asked at CPAC one year, or a revitalized second party? With no pale pastels, but bold colored differences. Well, they have a guy that wants to lead them with bold colored differences, but they're 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 just afraid. Well, he says bad things and he tweets at everything, and like really, that's what's scaring you so much—the tweeting. Really, 
Is the country going to be better off if we have the tax cuts? Is the country better off if we build the wall? Is the country better off if we repeal and replace Obamacare? Is the country better off if we live within our means? Is the country better off having a stronger military and peace through strength? What am I saying here that is not Reagan-esque? And all of these sanctimonious, self-righteous, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to them anymore. Never Trumpers. They just sit on the sidelines hoping and praying he fails. And even many of them are in Congress, in the House and in the Senate. There are rumors all over the place today. I mean, they are swirling that the FBI, DOJ, anti-Trump cabal is now being investigated by a criminal grand jury. If that ends up being true, the American thinker even had it. That would be a major bombshell. And in other words, that the Beltway hearing evidence of, uh, you know, all this evidence dug up by the inspector general. We expect that report soon. Michael Horowitz And we expect it in early April. But anyway, following the release of the report, a lot of heads are expected to roll over the media, the deep state, never Trumpers. And the first hint, I think, of the wheels of justice already grinding and turning came on March 7th when the attorney general had said, I have appointed a person outside of Washington many years in the Department of Justice to look at all the allegations that the House Judiciary Committee members sent to us, and we're conducting that investigation. Well, we also had, we played John Solomon's interview, first one ever, with this confidential informant. Uh, He was inside of Putin's operatives network within the United States, and since 2009, as operatives were bribing and blackmailing and extorting and money laundering, you know, because Putin wanted to get a foothold in the uranium network in America. He ended up getting that uranium one deal passed, as you all know, and the kickbacks and everything that involved in it. But the FBI informant was in there the whole time, undercover. Robert Mueller was the FBI director. What was he doing? Anyway, his name is William Douglas Campbell, and he told Solomon he was interviewed for about five hours in December by FBI agents in Little Rock, Arkansas. Why? They're investigating whether donations to the Clinton Foundation were used to influence U.S. nuclear policy during the Obama years. He said he was asked specifically about whether donations to the Clinton's charitable efforts were used to influence U.S. nuclear policy during the Obama years and that agents questioned him extensively about claims the Russians made to him that they had routed millions of dollars to an American lobbying firm in 2010 and 11 with the expectation it would be used to help President Clinton's charitable organization, the Global Initiative, while major uranium decisions were pending before Hillary Clinton's State Department. And they were looking into, meaning the FBI, special agents in Little Rock were looking into the Clintons and the information he says he provided them about the Clintons And about what was said and confirmed by Russian leadership seemed to be very important to them. He said, appearing in shadow before this interview. That's something we've got to watch really closely. Um, There's so much happening. TikTok, I am telling you, you, we've only begun to touch the surface. Anyone notice, by the way, the stormy coverage? Stormy, stormy. You know what's amazing about this? I'm going to explain this tonight also on How many times, now they're talking in Stormy's case, apparently she alleges a consensual relationship 12 years ago or whatever. The same with this other woman who used to be a Playboy model, I guess. And that was consensual. And she even said, I voted for Trump. Um, Anyway, 
isn't it a little different than Bill Clinton dropping his pants, exposing himself to a stranger, a woman, Paula Jones, and getting sued by Paula Jones, lying under oath and everything about it? That's very different, right? That's like a predatory thing versus a consensual thing. Yeah, I wonder how many times MSNBC actually spent going over and interviewing Paula Jones, because I did. In light of the Me Too movement, maybe they can revisit it. Well, what about the case of Kathleen Willey? Grope, grab, fondled, touch, kissed against her will by Bill Clinton. Well, I, thought, I thought that mattered in the day and age of, of Me Too. How many of these networks, they didn't spend any time on these topics interviewing these women? Again, not consensual. Or the allegation rape. But for Lisa Myers and myself, I don't know of anybody else that interviewed Juanita Broderick until maybe the very end of the... And that that would hold throughout the 2016 campaign. And then Hillary's attraction to money from countries that abuse women, gays, lesbians, and, and persecute Christians and Jews. Again, all money going to the Clinton Foundation. All right, let's get to our busy phones. We'll start with Tom in Minnesota. Tom, hi, how are you? It's not exactly a happy Friday, but welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thank you for uh, having me, Sean. Keep up the good work. Thank now, you. What I want to say is our deal-making quarterback, President Trump, just got sacked by this omnibus spending bill. Now is not the time to give up and walk out of the stadium. I'd use the pork and the withholds to win big in the 2018 election. This is called good time for PR and promotion. Educate the public. You know, you're raising a good point. Remember when 2013, and I know politics plays a part in people's decisions, but I think what the what voters respect the more the most is when you always stand your strongest. And if you remember, 2013 was the year that Ted Cruz did his filibuster. And I, I was up almost half the night watching it. I was glad he was doing it. And every single Republican, if they would have stood firm, they could have defunded. Remember, you can't spend a dime without the approval of Congress. They could have taken away funding for Obamacare. That was they, they had the constitutional power to do it. They have the power of the purse. And Cruz stood there, and I know Rand stood with him, Marco stood with him, and, and I think that's about it. But the predictions among the establishment, that's it, we're screwed in 2014. Just the opposite happened. 2014 ended up being a great year. Now, there's going to be a lot of primaries of a lot of these these swamp creatures and sewer creatures that are Washington, D.C. The ones that said they wanted to repeal, replace. The ones that voted to repeal and replace when it didn't matter. And the ones that never had any intention of repealing and replacing. You know, same with building the border wall. You know, if every Republican insisted on the full funding of the border wall, we would have gotten it. You just have to stand strong and be willing to work a few extra days, which apparently is, you know, against their principles. Why work hard? Uh, Tom, thank you. Doris is in Pittsburgh, PA. How are you, Doris? Glad you called. And uh, happy Friday to you. You too. I hope you have a great weekend. But before we get to our weekend, we have business to do. Yes, ma'am. That is, if I had been the chief of staff, I would have sent Donald Trump into that press conference with a huge blowtorch. And I would have told him to burn that thing to ashes and send it to the ash heap of history. Donald Trump has made the biggest mistake of his presidency. That man said and admitted 
He didn't know what was in that bill except for the military spending. All happy with that. He, but he didn't know what else was in that. When did Donald Trump ever sign a contract without knowing every detail that was in that contract? Shame on him. Who's I your con- who's your congressman? Where, what district are you in? Have you ever thought of running? <laughs> You'd be great. Oh, <laughs> yeah, too many skeletons in my closet. I was a big protester at one time and spent some time in jail, which is why I'm so I'm so furious right now. We did not elect Donald Trump. What did you spend time in? What did you spend time in jail for? You're making me laugh. <laughs> I, I don't want to. I'm not in a great mood today. I don't want to laugh, but you made me laugh. I did pro-life protesting and sat in front of abortion mm-hmm. clinics and got my butt kicked for trying you know, to stand up for life. And I would have vetoed the bill time. too, and I think it would have been a, a big moment for the president as well. I, let me let me tell you how I feel about this. I, I and I'm torn because I I'm, I wish he would have done exactly as you say, and I'm mad that he didn't do it, and I hadn't talked to him about it. But I will tell you that at least he's at least he fights for a lot of things and wins. But I can tell you, you got I, every single day these people that he works with in his party suck so bad, they don't do any heavy lifting. At least the guy does some. At least the guys kept a lot of the promises. These guys keep no promise. And I'm not making excuses for it. And he wanted the military money, and he paid the price. You could see how aggravated he was today. Um, and he, I, Look, I would have rather he keep them there through Easter, uh, through January, as far as I'm concerned. They never should go home until they do the people's work. But, you know, have you thought about running, Doris? I will donate to your campaign. Oh, thank you. But has he had ever realized, does he realize that he's had a lot of his agenda just gutted today? His well, I, 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 this is my take on it. I think he made a calculation. And this is my take, my my belief, that he's looking at a threat assessment that is presented to him every day. He's look at looking at a depleted military. He wanted the biggest military budget in history. And he knew the only way or felt or was believed brought to believe that the only way he could get it was to compromise on this crap bill because he wanted the military spending. That's and and you guys everybody else is going to have to decide on their own what they what they think happened. That's my take on it, but I think he was as disgusted as you are. And I could you could see it in his face when he said I'm never doing this again. This is bull, but I need the money from our military and we got to get this money. That's how uh, I took it. Excuses, Sean. Let's not yeah, no, it's an ex- listen, it's, a, it's like my kids when they do something wrong. I don't want to hear excuses either. You're right. I'm not going to disagree. Doris, God bless you. Thank you. Travis, Atlanta. What's up, Travis? WSB. Sean, I have a different take. I agree with everything that everybody said, and, of course, what you said, because I'm a longtime listener and very privileged to speak with you, sir. But I wonder if Trump is as smart and strategy as we think he is. Is this a ploy to get the Republicans backing in in his camp by them going home and getting an earful from the constituents and then having to come back and address this in six months and then they'll be ready to get on board with what his plan is? Let me let me tell you politically where the Republicans stand after today. Um, they better. You know, they, they look that if they do well, they they would they would pat themselves on the back. If they do poorly, they already are going to blame Donald Trump. 
They have nobody else but themselves to blame. And when I say they have abandoned their identity, when they have abandoned their principles, and that they are just a carbon copy of the Democratic Party, it's true. I'm speaking truth here. And the only way to get it back is to go back to first principles. All of us in our lives, we've got to adjust at times, and we've got to say, all right, let me go back to the fundamentals in life. You know, and when you do that, you usually end up doing better. And for the Republicans, what do they stand for? Now, if they stood for balanced budgets, if they stood for fiscal responsibility, if they stood for conservative justices, if they stood for the rule of law, if they if they stood for controlling the borders and peace through strength and a strong military and energy independence and, you know, real solutions to health care, like health savings accounts and cooperatives. And they started some more innovative thinking that used to exist among Republican circles, they do a lot better off. And if what it's we're now about to hit April between now and November, there's not a lot of time politically speaking. And they've got a lot of damage that they have done here that they now need to repair. But, you know, if there is a good economy, it'll be the president that gets the credit. Everything he's done by ending burdens and regulation, everything he's done on energy, everything he's done pushing for the tax cuts, everything he's done on repatriation. You know, I give credit where credit is due. And and but some of these Republicans don't mean what they say. We've learned the lesson now. All right. As we roll along on this uh, Friday, 800-941-SEAN, toll free telephone number. You know, write us on Twitter, write us on uh, Hannity.com. I know uh, a lot of you are angry and outraged. And, uh, you know, take a close look at who your congressmen, your senators are. Take a close look. Take a look at where they voted. And, um, you know, you, you've got to balance everything. Um, I just think that there's there's no vision. There is no fight in these Republicans in Congress. It's pathetic. And uh, at least the president has a fight. But again, I wouldn't have signed this. I would have made him stay. That's why I'm not a Republican. I'm never I haven't been a Republican in years. I'm a registered conservative. Donald Trump now sits at the threshold of impeachment. You told the Washington Post last week that, quote, there's a smell of treason in the air when it comes to this investigation. A lot of people are afraid to use the T word um, treason, but in the end, that's what people are investigating. If there's any day to be watching Ari, it is today. Russia, Russia, Russia. A lot going on. Well, you know, uh, it's been a long time. As you said, it's been 15 months. We interviewed something like 73 witnesses, looked at something like 310,000 documents. But, you know, this can't surprise anyone. I mean, it really just can't. How how long have you been saying that? How long have I and others been saying that? For heaven's sakes, Dianne Feinstein said this. James Clapper said this. And I challenge Mr. Schiff, who seems to think that there's some secret evidence that he can't reveal. Two things on that. One is, does anyone in the world believe that if there was evidence of, of collusion, that it would not have been leaked it, under the circumstances that we've seen. Of course it would. You would already know about it. And the second thing, this, this is such an important point, Sean. We've been accusing people of conspiracy and treason. And at the end of the day, these people are innocent. Aren't these, aren't these others who oppose what the Republicans have said on this, aren't they willing to come forward and just say, you know what, maybe we got this wrong. It's not fair to these individuals to keep this cloud over them when it, there just isn't evidence well to said. support that. What do you got hard? Well, Chris, yeah, Chris, unfortunately, I can't go into the evidence that's being presented. Do you presented have something hard that you can't reveal? 
Uh, you know, I can't uh, reveal that, Chris. Of course, there's one thing to say there's evidence. There's another thing to say we can prove a reasonable doubt or there's enough evidence to bring to a grand jury for purposes of a criminal indictment. I don't think we can say anything definitively at this point. Uh, we are still at the very early stage of the investigation. Last March, you said you had more than circumstantial evidence of treasonous collusion with Russia. What specifically were you referring to? And please be specific, because if it's true, I do believe Americans have the right to know a year later what that is. Well, I've certainly, certainly said that there's ample evidence of collusion. I've never used the word treason. Uh, only Steve Bannon has used that word. Um, but uh, if you look at the, the facts that are already in the public domain, they're pretty damning. All right, that was Adam Schiff and the great evolution of his opinions. I thought Meghan McCain uh, was unbelievable in that interview. Joining us now, what, where do we go from here? We have Sidney Powell is with us, author of the best-selling book, License to Kill, Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice, and a federal appellate attorney and senior advisor for American First, and Sarah Carter, investigative reporter, Fox News contributor. Uh, welcome both of you, Sidney. I mean, you know, he, he did say all of that a year ago, and here we are a year later. You know, 14 months into this investigation, they still cannot define what collusion is because it doesn't exist, but they still want to keep going. Yes, I think it's going to take a second special counsel, Sean, certainly as long as Rod Rosenstein is in the Department of Justice because he's one of the people that signed the phony FISA application. And so did Dana Buente, who I think now may be general counsel at the FBI. Well, so, I mean, at this point, does he just get to go on a fishing expedition off into any area he wants? You know, financial dealings going back 20 years for that have nothing to do with either the Trump campaign or anything to do with Russia? Is that is, is it basically a fishing expedition? Find anything you can justify your existence, stay in existence as long as you can. It is a fishing expedition, but I think even worse than that, it's a targeted hunting expedition. I mean, I think they definitely targeted people in and around the president in the White House and, and other places, and they're going after it as hard as they can to find whatever they can, to squeeze everybody they can, to put increasing pressure on the president and destroy the administration. Well, I think in large part, everything we knew, this was not the biggest surprise in the world, Sarah Carter, but I mean, it is pretty devastating after 14 months, you know, having the House Intel Committee, which... I think they have investigated this harder than anybody to say they found zero evidence of any collusion, coordination, conspiracy between the Trump campaign and the Russians. And they did describe how anti-Trump research, you know, did make its way from Russian sources to the Clinton campaign. And a lot of this, as you wrote in your article last night, we have intel officials at the highest level. And in one case, the director of national intelligence, James Clapper, leaking to CNN. Yes, and that's going to be part of this report, okay, that's coming out. As soon as we see the full report, the full scope of it, Sean, a lot more details will be coming out, particularly with leaks and how the Russians got their information to the Clinton campaign. And I think that's vitally important because, if, as you know, as Sydney so 
put it so well. I mean, this is the reason why a second special counsel is being advocated by uh, members like Trey Gowdy uh, and others who have come Bob forward. Bob Goodlatte. Goodlatte. Sean Hannity. Uh, Sean Hannity, yeah. of course. Uh, yeah, and if you look at not just Clapper, but today, former CIA director John Brennan puts out, you know, this, uh, this tweet that says, leadership of House Intel Committee has traded that last vestige of integrity for politics with other investigative shoes yet to drop. Well, I have something to say to, to former FBI, um, former CIA director John Brennan, who I had the pleasure of interviewing before he left the CIA. The other investigative shoes that are going to drop are going to be the FISA investigation that is ongoing, abuse of the Fifth Court, the unmasking, which he was asked about in a hearing, and the dossier. Those are three major investigations, ongoing investigations, where the shoe is about to drop. And it's not going to drop on the Trump campaign. It's going to drop on the former Obama administration officials that appear to have colluded to taint an incoming president and, and actually stop him from being the president-elect. So this is going to be a very intense investigation. It's not going to stop with Russia. We know there's no Russian collusion now. It's going to go on. And those are the investigations that the American public are waiting for. At the end of the day, I started the year by saying this is the year of the boomerang. All right. So now we have learned an awful lot since your first report, March 8th of 2017, when you and John Solomon reported that there was a FISA warrant against the Trump campaign. And even the president tweeted out something to the effect that, you know, he was being spied on and everybody in the media mocked him. Nobody picked up on what you had been saying. Uh, I was excoriated in the press as being a conspiracy theorist uh, because I, I fully had confidence in your reporting. And it turned out everything that you wrote was a thousand percent true and then some. Uh, and in fact, you know, now we find ourselves at, you know, the special counsel is appointed. But think of all that we learned in the last year. You know, we learned that Hillary rigged the primary in the last year. We learned that from Donna Brazil's book. Uh, we learned that Hillary Clinton, that the investigation into her email server, that was rigged. That the fix was in with James Comey and, and Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and Andrew McCabe and likely Loretta Lynch. And then we learned that, yeah, finally, after a year, we found out that it was Fusion GPS being paid by the Clinton campaign. They didn't want to tell us that for a long time and that it was bought and paid for by Hillary and the money she used from her campaign and the money she was controlling at the DNC. Then we discovered, oh, by the way, it became, according to the Grassley-Graham memo, it became the bulk of information in the application for the first FISA warrant on Carter Page, a Trump associate, an opposition campaign in the lead up to a presidential election. And then it was renewed four times based on unverified, salacious information that was put out there. I mean, it's unbelievable to me. And we learned from the FISA court decision itself that was unsealed that there was definitely abuse of the FISA process, including by the FBI, who gave private contractors act unlimited access to raw FISA intel. Yeah, I mean, that, raw, raw NSA right data. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, Sydney's absolutely right on that. I mean, look, they're going to be looking at the extent of abuse by the FBI, by the Bureau, in the Fifth Court, not just Carter Page, but how far did this go? And the, those were revealed in documents by the Fifth. I mean, the Fifth Court went after the Obama administration and, and, and reprimanded them for their behavior and, and what they did with the Fifth, by, and including the FBI and how they were sharing information with 
with contractors that weren't even cleared to have this information and how they expanded under Obama these rules for sharing information and the unmasking of Americans. I think we forget that is where this all started. I mean, and this is where it might end. We have to find out why people like Samantha Power were unmasking 300 over 300 people in the last year. What did you determine? It was a 350% increase in just one year, wasn't it? That's absolutely true. It was a, a 300, no, it was a 350% increase from when they first, from 2013 on when the laws were changed. In the last year, it increased exponentially, which is when um, we saw Samantha Powers, when that was revealed that there were over 300 unmaskings done by her alone, one every day until she left office, which was so unusual because even if you talk to others who held her position, I'll give an example. I spoke with Ambassador John Bolton about this, and he said, in my entire career, career at the U.N., there were only five unmaskings. Wow. Yeah, it's hard to imagine why a U.N. ambassador would be conducting unmaskings of Americans. Well, but it's even worse than that. She had said publicly that, that she wasn't the one doing it, but it was being done in her name. How does that happen? Exactly. And why hasn't so that been the investigated? The curtain? So what, uh, what I'm hearing both of you say, and Sarah, what you're saying here is unmasking, that's, that's separate and apart from what we're learning from the House Intel Committee. Uh, the oh, dossier okay. is basically separate and apart. Uranium One is separate and apart. So really, none of this be beyond what Mueller is doing, and God knows I think he has so overreached every step of the way, and it's been such a partisan team that he's put together. On, in every step of the way, we get we keep getting more evidence, but it works in the opposite direction. It's the opposite of what everybody thought. Donald exactly. Trump didn't pay for a, 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 a Russian dossier full of salacious lies about Hillary. You know, it wasn't his dossier that was used to to uh, that never became verified and was used to get a FISA warrant to spy on Hillary's campaign. So it's, everything is backwards. When I heard your tape playing, someone was commenting about collusion between the White House and the president and everything that was going on. I thought, yes, that was the Obama White House. That's who was colluding with the Russians and the Clinton campaign and the Democratic National Committee to create this firestorm to destroy Donald Trump. Well, and that was the thing. I mean, they the, look, the, the Clinton campaign, Hillary Clinton's campaign, the DNC, they pay Fusion GPS to dig up dirt on the Russians. Well, how are you going to dig up dirt on President Trump and Russia? So where are you going to get that from? Well, you've got to go to the Russians. So they must have, at that point, known, and Christopher Steele goes to former Russian FSB spies, current FSB spies, puts together this dossier. And not only that, let's talk about it frankly. He goes to the State Department officials, people who were friends with him, who, by the way, are very close to Hillary Clinton, Sidney Blumenthal, Cody Shear. They're feeding him information, too, because we, how do we know that? Because the Senate Judiciary Committee, Senator Charles Grassley and Lindsey Graham, both look into this and finally disclose this criminal referral they have on Christopher Steele, who, by the way, lied to the FBI. I mean, this is incredible. And not only and did they the get FBI that information, they the shared it with work. the American public. Shouldn't we be able to get the original and subsequent renewal FISA warrants and take a look at them? It doesn't yes, I think we need the actual documents. The American people deserve to see the actual documents. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Sidney Powell and Sarah Carter are with us. 
All right, as we continue with Sarah Carter, investigative reporter, Fox News contributor, and Sidney Powell is back with us, author of License to Lie, Exposing Corruption of the Department of Justice. You know, I'm just trying to figure out where is Robert Mueller going in all of this? Sidney, you know the team that he has surrounded himself with. I've talked about the, the partisan nature of that team that he's assembled, and they don't have any Republican or Trump donors. They only have Obama, Clinton, and DNC donors. And you got and the— Worse than that, they have Andrew Weissman, well, who destroyed Arthur Anderson and 85,000 jobs and made up crimes and sent innocent people to prison and hid evidence that showed they were innocent. For how, many, how many times did he withhold exculpatory evidence in cases that you know? Uh, at least uh, two in cases that I can think of. Sarah documented one in an article that she did, and I've certainly documented a lot of evidence that was d- hidden in my book, License to Lie. Well, what fact, I- Weissman is the lead villain of License to Lie. And, and then we have to ask ourselves, Sarah, why did Mueller, I know he's friends with Weissman. He's been protecting Weissman for 20 years or more. <laughs> he brought him into the FBI to serve as his Absolutely. general counsel and special assistant. He knows him very well. So did he not he think... He had a hand in picking him even for the Enron task force. I, and well, also I'm... Catherine Rumler, who wound up being Obama's White House counsel. She's in license to lie, and she's now defending Susan Rice on the unmaskings and Susan's efforts in the in the Obama White House and her role in all this, including that note to self that she wrote to document a meeting 10 or 15 days earlier in which they purportedly didn't talk about the Steele dossier in that particular meeting. It's unbelievable. You guys have been doing phenomenal work. I can't thank you enough. Uh, Sarah Carter, Sidney Powell. It's pretty unbelievable to me that the rest of the media has just decided to sit on what is the biggest abuse of power that has ever taken place in American history, and they seem unfazed by it. And even though we now know no evidence of Trump-Russia collusion, they just keep going. And if they don't have that, they've got another, you know, 50 hours a day of storming, you know, anything to destroy and delegitimize President Trump. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter the Burner Less Lethal Pistol Launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. Now, the same Hollywood that sold the American dream, they are now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Now, you can join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in the Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some of the major studios. Now, don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Joe Biden wants you taxed to the brink, under the thumb of the IRS, and controlled with a digital dollar. That's why thousands of hardworking patriotic Americans are opting out by diversifying their savings with the top-rated precious metals company, GoldCo. Right now, GoldCo is offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver, but only while supplies last. So don't wait. Go to HannityGold.com to learn how to get started today. That's HannityGold.com.